nuclear proliferation, global pandemic, famine, environmental genocide, war. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point, where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Buddy, there you have it. I hope your Thanksgiving was spectacular, but we are now turning the page. We're into the Christmas season and nothing goes better with Christmas than a little mistress for Christmas from our good friends at ACDC. Really, really good. Uh, the instrumentals, the the piano and the organ music was divine to die for. And, and quite frankly, one of the top three or four Christmas songs of all time. I think it was originally sung by the late, great Burl Ives. Uh, correct, but only in character when he was in the uh, animatronic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Exactly. And he had a beautiful voice. Uh, he is sorely missed. And that's it. And everyone here in the studio audience here at another episode of IP Frequently Live. Looks like they're a little bit worse for wear. A lot of people had their fill and then some of turkey, all the fixings, the dressing, uh, pumpkin pie. I heard a story about some pumpkin scones that would knock your Aunt Connie's socks off. Um, Brad, I feel like I've gained about 15 pounds over the holiday. How about you? Uh, same, buddy, but you're supposed to feel that way. Now, I mean, we got to focus a little bit in the intervening weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas to try and drop some of that. But I mean, it just is what it is. We're blessed to be in a country where we can have the kind of meals that we enjoy. And if you don't enjoy them, then shame on you, I say. Absolutely. And I, I always like to give thanks for everything that we're thankful for. It's a little tradition that we do. Do y'all do that uh, yourselves? We do, actually, we do. We go around, everybody says one thing that they're thankful for. It's tough to be at the end of that, especially if you have a big crowd. And we did this year because, you know, you're down to like, hey, I'm thankful for, you know, old Aunt Gertrude's uh, honey-baked ham. Uh, yeah. But hey, you know what? That just is what it is. It's the luck of the draw. You got to know how to position yourself uh, for that event. Yeah, yeah, you have to be, be well-prepared and you have to be well-positioned. This year, Brad, I gave thanks for my wonderful neighbors. We have a wonderful set of neighbors. As you, you know, you know Hank and Cheryl. I do. I do. I know them well. Two of the finest people anyone could ever meet. They filed a number of complaints, some criminal and some civil, over a set of driveway lights that we put in, uh, oh, about a year and a half ago at the height of the pandemic. And, um, but, you know, really misunderstood. Nice people. So uh, during, the, during the big holiday week, we had a tree, a large tree, fall down from their driveway uh, onto our fence and just destroy. I mean, this thing, this thing weighed a ton if it weighed a pound. Yeah, those are big it trees. Just, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I figured, okay, look, they're, they're thankful for them. They're going to go clean that up. 
you know, they're going to, they're going to fix the fence. We can get back out there and start working the, the land like we do. And then a day goes by and then it turns into a few days and nothing happens. Uh, so I said, you know, I'll send them a little text, a little Thanksgiving cheer and uh, see what they say. And then just try to figure out when the cleanup would begin. And so uh, I sent a very nice hello. And I start all my texts to them. Hi, Hank and Cheryl. Right. Very, very, very cordial. And, and I didn't get a response. And I thought, OK, well, something must have happened. Or something must have happened to Hank and Cheryl. So I continued to text them as anyone would. And um, and finally, I get a text back basically saying that the best course of action, the most prudent uh, direction I could take would be to file a claim with my uh, homeowner's insurance carrier. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, one would hope that one's neighbors would say, yeah, we're getting a lumberjack, you know, perhaps someone in a flannel shirt with a double-edged ax to come out here and cut this tree into segments. And then we'll happily work with you and your fence people to make sure that that fence is properly repaired and back in good working order. You know, I got, you know, I mean, looking on the bright side, I mean, I guess you, you heard back from them. They're okay. The tree didn't they, hit them. Apparently. They do it. Yeah. They do appear to be okay. I, I thought for a moment that maybe there was some mistake and they were responding to some, to some other text with a disgruntled neighbor looking for reparations, but uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure. So I sent him another text saying, well, are you going to clean up the tree or, or what? You know, Hank and Cheryl. Same thing. And uh, and uh, no response. And then I sent a th another text saying, well, you know, I, I need to know if you're going to clean it up because otherwise I have to. And I waited and it was delivered. I could tell it was delivered. And, and so still no response. So I'm uh, assuming uh, either a something horrible has happened to them since they told me to make a claim under my own insurance policy or B, they're never going to respond. I would say it's likely to be B, uh, but uh, it is not the response you're looking for. No, it's not. Well, and there you have it, folks. We refer to this segment as a bit of bitterness brought to you by David Pridham, which follows nicely after the Thanksgiving episode we did last week. And now I suspect we'll turn a corner and head into Christmas, having gotten that off our chests. I think we need to, Brad. And I think one of the things I'm also thankful for is the fact that we have had some amazing uh, feedback here at IP Frequently. Again, the number one program on the entire cable radio network. And last time I checked, Brad, there were about 18 CRN stations. We are the top show. We are uh, getting pushed uh, like no other. You may hear many of the promos throughout the week. We're very excited about that. We're also excited about all of the folks who are signing up to follow us on Instagram at uh, IP Frequently and uh, for our Twitter feed. We're getting a lot of feedback, Brad, on the songs of the 80s, Sweet 16 Bracketology slash Round Robin tournament that's coming up. I imagine we are. I mean, who, first of all, the 80s were the wheelhouse of good music. I mean, 70s fine, but the 80s is where it all came together. And so I can imagine, particularly for the demographic typically listening to this radio program, that, uh, you know, that would be something they would be excited about. And everyone loves a good bracket. You can do all kinds of things with it. You can fill it out. You can bet on it. 
You can compare it with your neighbors. Uh, but anyway, some of the songs, and we're getting feedback as we dealt you several weeks ago, start nominating your songs to be included in the Sweet 16, and then we'll pick ones that we think are the most relevant, most important. We'll bracket them up. We'll rank them. Uh, we'll weight everything on a rolling basis, and then we'll just play the games. Just play the games, and we'll, we'll, we'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens. So here, Brad, are some of the songs that are in the running for the songs of the 80s uh, Sweet 16 brackets that will be coming to a channel on CRN Radio near you uh, right after the first of the year on IP Frequently. You ready for this? I do, buddy. I was born ready for this. Come on. Let it rip. Van Halen Jump. Okay. The Police. nod my head to that. Mm -hmm. The Police, Every Breath You Take. Oh, yep. Certainly. Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. Okay. It's I mean, the, it wasn't my fave, uh, but I like the movie. Don, listen, all I'm doing, I'm not, I'm not saying these are in or out. I'm just recording okay. the top, the top of vote getters we have so far. Guns okay. and Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. Of course. Yep. Queen Hammer to Fall. Oh yeah. That's a good one. I mean, you know, Queen, you could pick a million out of Queen, but Hammer to Fall is a good one. Uh, Rolling Stones, Waiting on a Friend. Oh, good tune. Yep. Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Yep. Aerosmith, Angel. Uh-huh. Prince, Purple, Rain. Mm. The Boss, Bruce Springsteen, Darlington County. Okay. Yep. I mean, um, again, you could go all kinds of directions with The Boss, but that's certainly this one. This is what this is where the votes are coming. Lover Boy, Working for the Weekend. Yep. Foreigner, Urgent. Little U2, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, although that I think is- You question. haven't or they haven't? Well, I'm, I'm just looking for someone to pay to take that tree out, Brad. So yeah. I have not. <laughs> I, I know you have it. In that case, you're right there with Bono, not having found yeah. what you're looking for. All right. Yes. I get it. Yeah. Brad, quickly, a little business report. Uh, what do you think about your president, Joe Biden, staying awake long enough to um, renominate Chairman Powell uh, as a, for another term as Fed chair? I mean, seems like a clueless wonder nominating a quote unquote man of the people. Uh, who will get to trade stocks as Fed chair for another uh, seven to nine years. Oh, buddy, I mean, it, it, you know what? There are too many places in this great country of ours where, you know, it's sort of a merry-go-round. And unfortunately, with the administration that we currently have, I think we're stuck in one of those merry-go-rounds, right? I mean, I, either that, frankly, or Biden is just playing a big joke on all of us and saying, I'm going to see how many complete doofuses I can get into my administration before someone finally, you know, kind of throws the flag and says, wait, wait a minute, you have to be doing this on purpose. There's no way you can have a vice president like Kamala Harris and a Fed chair like this guy and not be doing that on purpose. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe he's, you know, crazy like a fox. Yeah, it could be. The problem with Biden is that he's keeping the people he shouldn't keep and he's getting rid of the people that he should keep. And it's something that, 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 quite frankly, President Trump had trouble with as well. But the entire Fed is broken. It is broken. And it's something that's set up to reassure uh, large companies uh, that, uh, you know, that, that everything's going to be okay and to keep pumping enough money into the government to propel the stock market forward, which, look, hey, I'm fine with if we all want to admit that that's what it is. We'll just keep printing money. We'll just keep passing legislation worth trillions and trillions of dollars with no fundamental change and no change, of course, keep interest rates near zero um, for an inordinate amount of time, which is really inappropriate. That's what you get when you have uh, Grandpa Joe at, at the uh, 
helm, so to speak. Driving the merry-go-round, as we say, buddy. He's, he's, he's probably sitting on the lion or the elephant, one of those animals that he really enjoys. He's on the merry-go-round. He's the commander-in-chief. And that's where we are. Uh, Brad, the top story this week, other than the uh, great Thanksgiving holiday, just before the holiday, the tragedy in Wakusha, Wakisha, uh, Wisconsin, where uh, an individual um, who was no stranger to the law um, barreled through a Christmas parade, killing at least five people, injuring dozens of other people. It seems to me that, uh, and without stopping, without any remorse, it, it seems to me that this is a um, sort of indicative of something that goes on and is going on in this society in a little transition we're making where people, human beings, uh, could drive through a, a, a Christmas parade injuring senior citizens, children, killing uh, at least a handful of people that we know of um, without any regard for the life they're taking and just continuing to speed right through the parade. Um, Unfortunately, I think, given the things that have been happening in this country over the last couple of years um, and the way this has been treated by the media, uh, this this is a problem that's not going away and just getting worse. Well, yeah, buddy. I mean, it, it, you know, first and foremost, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to the folks and families involved in this. I mean, it is it, it, the definition of a tragedy. It's a Christmas parade. It's a community getting together. It's all the things that you want, um, you know, our culture to be where folks, you know, from all around the community come out, they celebrate together. You've got folks ranging from grandparents all the way down to small children. And then you've got this guy who, is a sex offender registered in Nevada, had an active arrest warrant in Nevada, and was released on bond earlier this month after allegedly running over, I assume with a vehicle, I mean, it could have been a scooter, could have been a big wheel, I don't know, but I'm gonna assume it was a motorized vehicle. The woman claiming to be the mother of his child, and somehow that guy is still out on the street. Now you can say what you will about our justice system and where our money needs to go and whether or not we need to defund police and put more funding into you know, mental health or social care, whatever the heck it is that, that we're arguing about. But you, you've got problems when your system allows folks who are clearly unstable, right? I don't know about this guy's mental health. I don't know about the intentionality of hitting these folks. I don't know any of that. I'm sure it will all come out. And obviously we hope that whatever the right thing for this person that needs to happen, whether it's treatment or jail or both happens. Uh, But when you have a society that allows folks like this to walk around and get back in vehicles, you're just asking for this sort of thing to happen. You're literally begging for it to happen. And yet we've gotten to a point where taking freedoms away from people who are registered sex offenders, actively wanted, have hit other people with cars, takes a backseat to taking freedoms away from people who make the the personal choice not to get a vaccine. It's just crazy. How did we get here? Uh, And the the gentleman, Daryl Brooks, is an African-American, a rapper under the name Math Boy Fly, and has lyrics that include sliding through the city with no safety on, F Donald Trump, F the pigs, F the police, raps about AK-47s, and has a song entitled Gun Kill You. Um, Imagine if if the, the, the shoe is on the other foot and 
this had been someone who plowed through, um, you know, one of those uh, protests last last year, or even the person that did it at the Charlottesville protest where um, one person was killed and had one tenth of what this guy has on his rap sheet, one tenth of what he has on his playlist, on his albums. Um, this would be oh my God, it's a white supremacist. You've got to put him away. You know, this is, this, this is systemic and it runs to the top of, you know, the whole Trump thing. Um, but none of that here, you don't get any of that here. Um, but the, the, the pure, and I don't, again, I don't know what motivated this guy to do this, um, but the pure disregard for human life that he has in his rap lyrics and that he has in the way he comports himself. And, and, and I can say this, Brad, when he did run over that prior victim, it was in the same car that he plowed through the Christmas parade uh, in. So this guy clearly doesn't care for human life. He doesn't care for innocent life. And he, 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 he demonstrates that in everything he does and everything he says on his, on his albums. But the bigger problem is this isn't being reported for what it is. Um, it's certainly not being sensationalized, but it's not being reported for what it is. For two days, we didn't hear about who the uh, perpetrator is, even though he was a person of interest who was taken into custody. We should probably take a look at responsible criminal justice reform and actually putting people like this behind bars for good, or at least until their case is heard after they've been arrested a handful of times uh, while pending charges are, are, are looming over their head. Well, buddy, I think, the, you know, the average person, no matter where they come from, no matter what their background would agree with you on that. Right. But unfortunately, you, you very rarely hear it laid out in that manner. Right. It doesn't fit the narrative. The narrative is that, you know, certain groups who, you know, fall into certain categories have just been systemically mistreated by, you know, folks in other groups and in other categories and therefore their behavior is acceptable and excusable to whatever extent necessary while the other folks should just be continually condemned and i find the whole thing ironic because it's those groups and categories are based entirely on race when what we're trying to do apparently is walk away from that with which i completely agree right i i don't understand the concept of judging someone based solely on their race. I, I don't get it. I've never gotten it. I, I perfectly understand the concept, however, of basing your judgment on someone on behavior they have chosen to undertake, right? Basing judgments about someone on something over which they have no control, height, you know, skin color, eye color, where they were born, all that. An individual has no control over that making any judgments about them based solely on that just seems ridiculous and always has. However, basing your judgments on someone based on their chosen course of action over the course of their life seems perfectly reasonable. And yet we, we can't seem to do that. But let's just look at what this person has done. Let's look at their record. Let's look at the things they say. Let's look at the things they do. Let's look at the way they act. And we'll make judgments based on that. For some reason, we can't do it. And unfortunately, my suspicion is we're going to continue to get it until finally people have just had enough and the pendulum starts to swing back the other way. And of course, like all pendulums, it won't stop in the middle where it belongs. It'll swing all the way back the other way and we'll have 
you know, issues on that side as well. For a country full of reasonably well-educated, reasonably well-read, reasonably bright people, we don't seem to be able to get it. And I suspect that that's largely because we're listening to people who have narratives they want to deliver instead of truth. They are pushing people in directions they want them to go for their own benefit. And we're falling prey to these narratives. And this is the result that you get. Yeah. It's almost like people are trying to monetize the, um, you know, the division in this country, create more division to monetize their positions in this, in this country. And it really is, it really is disgusting, but it, you know, I guess it's sort of par for the course. It would be nice if someone would cover the story um, in a, in a truthful way and focus on the fact that this individual should never have been out of prison, but Brad, let's move, let's move off this. Let's move on to some more cheery good news for those who own small businesses and uh, businesses of all size and shapes. Um, Joe Biden and his aides have told uh, their allies, allies, uh, their um, uh, democratic donors that he indeed will be running for reelection in 2024. Well, buddy, that presumes a lot, right? I mean, that presumes that he's still capable of running for president in 2024, that his- Uh, Brad, Brad, can I interrupt you there? Was he capable of running for president in 2020? Well, he was capable of running. Yes. I mean, he did that. He went through the campaign. He hid for most of the, you know, most of the time and and wisely so. Look, I mean, if you're going up against a guy who's going to self-destruct in the fashion that Trump did and, you know, not debate you in a meaningful fashion, not campaign in a meaningful fashion, just go out and basically be himself, which was enough to get him, you know, unelected, then that's a great strategy. I do, I do not knock. In fact, I admire the folks who were behind Biden's campaign of just hiding in his basement and letting Trump be Trump until he alienated enough of the electorate that they would have voted for someone who was hiding in his basement, a la Joe Biden. Right? So that makes sense. And and if he's capable of doing that again in 2024, and if Trump runs in 2024, then you know what? You might see the same thing happen, but I suspect it won't, right? I, I suspect that either you know Biden is not going to be capable of running in 2024, or his popularity will drop to the point where these donors are not going to want him to run in 2024 or get beaten in a primary. Um, you know what, buddy? But it could, and it would not be good for the country to to have you know Trump Biden part two in yeah. 2024. That would just lead to another four years of you know abject jackassery, no matter what the outcome of that election would be. And it's not helpful to anybody. I mean, we really need, I don't know how you do it. I mean, I know everybody around the country saying the same thing, but we really need to get some adults running for office. The the problem is if you're an adult, that's the last thing you want to do in this environment. Yeah. And, and, but listen, they, they do have a a deep bench. If he does decides not to run, you've got Kamala Harris, you've got Pete Buttigieg. And so they're, they're all set, but I, I just thought you'd be excited to know, look, He's running. His hat's in the ring, and he's going to uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be uh, okay, or at least it should be something else. Uh, next, Brad, uh, taking a look at the other side of that coin, Donald Trump in the news again. As you know, he's down at Mar-a-Lago, um, getting uh, you know some post Thanksgiving raise in. He'll probably play some golf, maybe have a campaign rally or two for candidates for uh, the House and Senate uh, over the uh, next few weeks. Is 
he careens towards the holidays as well. Um, but this week, Donald Trump was in the news. He was handed a very prestigious award. He has been uh, named as an honorary ninth degree black belt in Taekwondo by uh, the Kukiwan uh, World Taekwondo headquarters located in South Korea. Uh, the president of Kukiwan, Lee Dong Soup, presented uh, President Trump with this designation. It is a framed uh, certification of his status as an honorary ninth degree black belt. He also got what appears to be, what do they call the robes that the uh, people the wear? He has a gi. He has a gi. He's sporting Mm -hmm. a gi with a what appears to be a red Trump tie and a starched shirt underneath it. (laughs) And um, I mean, Brad, what do you think this has to do? um, What what impact this will this have on the 2024 decision by Trump? Do you think this will help or hurt? Could he be headed for uh, because an honorary ninth degree black belt? That means he could technically start ultimate fighting. Would he start doing something like that? What, What do you what do you think about this? Sadly, for you know our government and the state of our nation, if we're just going to turn presidential elections into jokes, then this is as good a joke as you can get, right? I would love to see Trump challenge Biden to a Taekwondo match, you know, take off his suit coat, put the gi top right over the starch shirt and the tie, you know, get the big hair wave going, and then you know take a fighting stance and go after it. I mean, if you're a ninth degree black belt, uh, you've got some skills. I guess my question about this whole thing is what in the world motivated what I'm going to assume? I have no idea, but what I'm going to assume is a legitimate organization led by a legitimate human being. What would motivate them to bestow a ninth degree black belt on Donald Trump? Well, one, it's kooky one. So, yeah, that is the world uh, taekwondo um uh, organization, um, Kukiwan. And I assume Trump had to go through some, you know, months or years of, of training to achieve this status. Again, he's wearing the gi. He's got the certification. It's framed. It is in a frame, what appears to be a nice oak frame with museum glass. I, I can't read it, Brad, because I believe it's in Korean or some other language that I don't understand. Um, but it looks legit to me. And, you know, if, if you look at uh, some of the documentation here, Trump is in a fighting pose in one of the images wearing the gi. And, um, you know, it, it looks legitimate to me. It looks like an up and up organization. I, I, my only question is, does this make him change his mind and say, wait a minute, I am not uh, going to run again in 2024. I'm going to focus more on my Taekwondo. And I just don't know how that works. I mean, is it something like, golf that you can just take up and maybe play around a month and be happy? Or does he have to work at this honing his craft every day? And then another question is, can he be president, right? Because I know in Washington, D.C., you need to register uh, lethal weapons, right? Is he going to have to register his hands as lethal weapons if he goes back to the White House? And if so, will they do that? Or will he have to serve as the first president who can't live in the White House because they won't allow him to register his hands because they're too dangerous with this ninth degree black belt that he has? Well, I think I think the answer to that question is relatively straightforward. That What the Secret Service will do is they will just wrap his hands in gauze, right? They'll just wrap them up so that they're big balls of gauze. And so if for some crazy reason, 
the hands, these lethal hands get away from him or someone accidentally bumps into one, they won't be harmed. And so I think we can get over the hump of the lethal weapon issue and allow Trump to continue to pursue his political goals uh, with just you know a, a suitable quantity of gauze applied by your United States Secret Service. I think we can get over that. Now, the better question is, with that lethality now bestowed on him, can he serve us best as president or, you know, sort of taking over in a Chuck Norris like role, defending our borders, defending our freedoms? You know, there is something that is just awe inspiring about a man in a gi with a belt that he doesn't really deserve, simultaneously wearing a tie and a starched white shirt. I mean, that, you know, the, the image that projects is one of, you know, confidence and capability. And so, you know, maybe if Trump's goal is really to, you know, serve the people of the United States best, now that he is an honorary ninth degree black belt, maybe he just sticks with that and, you know, and blows the politics thing off. Yeah. I mean, I, he, you almost think he'd be crazy to go back into politics. But again, you look at someone like Vladimir Putin, and I know you're familiar with his work, um, gets on a horse, takes his top off and just gallops down the streets of Tripoli. And everyone says that's fine. You know, if, if, if Trump were to hone his craft and demonstrate, maybe break a board in the Oval Office, maybe karate chop the resolute desk and cut it in half. I mean, that would show strength. Yeah, I don't know, pal. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't know why Trump is wearing a gi. I don't know why someone saw fit to give him a belt. I don't understand any of it. But you know what? It plays nicely into the rest of the craziness that is our current culture. Oh, my friend, that is that is correct. But now, Brad, it's time to talk about a little more uh, important news. We're moving on to New York City, which, as always, has its finger on the pulse of America. And after 187 years, just before the Thanksgiving holiday, they put a big uh, old um, tarp over the statue of Thomas Jefferson in City Hall, uh, wrapped it up with a uh, bunch of duct tape, and then hauled that sucker off to be stored. No more gracing the halls of Gracie Mansion, no pun intended. And this comes on the heels of the statue of Theodore Roosevelt being removed from the Natural History Museum several months ago and then relocated to what I believe was one of the Dakotas. Um, So it seems, Brad, New York City has got its house in order. It's removing uh, the author of the Declaration of Independence, our third president who more than doubled the size of the United States with Louisiana Purchase. Um, Thomas Jefferson removed him from their halls and also removed uh, Teddy Roosevelt, the father of modern progressivism um, from the History Museum. A pretty good uh, couple of months, wouldn't you yeah, say? Yeah, well, what else would you do if you're New York? There's nothing else going on there. They don't have any problems. There's no spike in crime. They're not debating whether to educate children or just indoctrinate them into some uh, you know, social sociology that's you know some people believe is 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 legitimate i mean they they don't really have anything going on there that requires the attention of their leadership and so it's time to you know just start walking around and going now what statues can we get rid of 
let's get rid of the guy that wrote, as you said, the Declaration of Independence that had the foresight to go through with the Louisiana purchase, even though there was a great deal of pushback against the wisdom of that at the time, and yet has been instrumental in making this country what it is. Let's get rid of that clear moron. I mean, just dummy. If, if, if there's <laughs> one way to describe Thomas Jefferson, it's just some dummy that they made a statue of. It has been standing in the, in the gubernatorial mansion for who knows how long. And, and then oh, that, you know, would be a, that would be a, it would be 187 years. Oh, there you go. 187 <laughs> years of, of, you know, recognizing that, yeah, you know, maybe Jefferson contributed to the history of this country in a positive fashion, but no, you know what? Let's, let's just view him through the last five minutes of our rabid, you know, craziness in this country, wrap him up in duct tape and get him out of there. Let's, let's not step back try to take a measured approach. Let's do none of that. Let's knee jerk react to the rabid folks who are just howling for any sort of action to be taken to, you know, try to cast this country, which people are literally, I, I still cannot get over the irony of the number of people are kicking in the doors to get into a country that we're being told by the folks running it is the most racist, decrepit, sideways, uh, you know, dictatorial country on earth. And yet we can't keep people out of it. I mean, someone's going to have to explain that to me. So let's just wrap up old Tom, get him out of there. Maybe we can put a statue of, of, you know, someone that's more acceptable. I have no idea who that would be in this day and age. And then let's walk over to the history museum and remove the statue of yet another person who I'm under the impression, David, no one is arguing was a president of the United States. Do I have that right? I, I think you have that. I think you have your, your spot on there. It just continues the rise of people who apparently have very little to do, right? When you would think that there's a lot going on in New York City with poverty, with crime, with inflation running rampant, without affordable housing, without a reasonable healthcare opportunity, with, with school choice dwindling, um, but they're focused on removing the statue of Thomas Jefferson for what reason is beyond me. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the fact that he owned slaves is not something that's defensible, but at the same time, it doesn't wipe out everything he did in history. And that's what everyone's trying to do is whitewash everything in history and not even have a discussion about the man's um, accomplishments and just, just, just wipe it just like we did um, with a lot of the leaders in the Capitol rotunda um, that were removed. So it's just sort of not wanting to have a debate again, silencing those we disagree with. And it, it's unfortunate because where I came from, you debated everything and some people won, some people lost, but at the end of the day, all expressions were um, allowed, all viewpoints were um, considered. And then you just figure out who won. Well, this new generation, doesn't want to have a debate. They want people shut down and taken off of Twitter and taken off of um, social media platforms or be in certain magazines, even with opinion pieces that are um, running side-by-side -side counter pieces, which is completely appropriate in a, in a land that is supposed to foster this type of debate. And so this, this is just absolutely ridiculous. I thought it was somewhat comical, but it's par for the course with New York. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, buddy. I, I, you cannot have an enlightened perspective. And I use the term enlightened 
from its dictionary definition. I'm not referring to the Enlightenment. I'm not referring to anybody's ideology or philosophy. I'm just saying a perspective that has been exposed to different points of view so that you can see a, a process, a picture, an instance, an event from more than just your own innate perspective, and then be able to make judgments about it from a multiplicity of such perspectives without a conversation. And you have to be enough of an adult to be able to tolerate the fact that when you open up the floor to conversation, sometimes a jackass is going to take the mic. That happens, right? That happens. It's part of the process. It cannot be prevented. And you have to be enough of an adult to say, well, that was unfortunate. Let's move on and hear from somebody else and be able to filter the good from the bad and enlighten yourself so that you can be an active member of a free and democratic society, vote wisely, act in your community wisely, do all the things that we have sort of prided ourselves on as a country for a couple hundred years. And suddenly, to your point, we just, we just don't want to do that anymore. We want our way to be the only way, and we want to shout down anyone who doesn't agree with us. And it just, I, I, again, maybe it's me. I, I don't get it. Where do you think that's going to lead? If you're currently in the group that is doing the shouting down, let me tell you something. I know you don't like history. I know it bothers you. I know it troubles you. I know it makes you tremble. I know you get a little tear in your eye when you think about history, but just stay with me for just a second. If you look at history, no group stays on top forever. Okay, so while you're doing the shouting down at this point, you will not be in that position forever. And if what you want is for the loudest voice to rule, eventually that will not be your own voice and you will regret these actions that you have taken. Okay, now I'm sorry. I know that was troubling. I know that probably melted the edges off your snowflake, but that's the truth. Right. And you need to look at that and take a step back and say, hey, maybe I should try to broaden my perspectives here for just a minute so that I can I can be a better, more reasoned voice in the body politic. I don't know, buddy. Maybe it's just me. Well, it might just be the two of us, but I, I couldn't agree more. And at one point, someone may be removing the statue of AOC from City Hall. And in that case, you know, that could be a real problem put aside thomas jefferson that could be a real problem we'll, we'll continue to monitor it and see where uh, where all this goes brad real quick a little bit of covid news as you know covid is um is still out there there's still a global pandemic uh this past week just before the holiday we had a um uh, uh unfortunate statistic that uh, more people have died of covid or with covid in 2021 than in 2020 um again um not to be overly political, but that's something that uh, President Biden hammered uh, Donald Trump about, saying that uh, Biden would solve COVID, he would defeat COVID, and there'd be less deaths once he took over. He was handed a vaccine, and uh, there have been, have been more deaths. So I'll just point that out and uh, leave it at that. Uh, in addition, the government is currently requiring and now allowing um, people of all ages and health uh, categories to get the second booster shot. And uh, Lord Fauci was on the news uh, this past week saying that he envisions boosters every three to six months. Um, so this is a vaccine that obviously needs a lot of boosting, if you will. And all this is happening. And over in Europe, there are several hotspots. Uh, Germany, uh, parts of Italy 
have been fighting COVID parties, Brad, COVID parties, uh, where people attend a party with people that have um, tested positive for COVID and they get close to that person. They kiss that person in order to get COVID themselves and then take an antibodies test and uh, get what's called a green card, which would allow them to work without getting the vaccine. Seems like that's taking off. I would have put that into the barter ban segment, Brad, but I don't think we even want to go there. But it seems like a little bit risky, especially when multiple people who attend these parties are having significant health issues. Well, I mean, you put people in a box, right? I mean, hopefully not literally, uh, but but who knows what these death counts even mean, right? I mean, we went through this last year where, well, did he die from COVID? Did he die with COVID? Did COVID walk by and tip its cap while he was dying on his death? But I mean, what, what, how do we count COVID deaths? So that's just become a meaningless statistic, right? You, you tell people, well, you can't work, okay? So effectively, you can't live unless you have a vaccine or you test positive for the antibodies, right? So now you've put them in this position where they either have to go get a vaccine that apparently we're going to have to, you know, I mean, literally just never stop taking, right? They did, it's, you're just going to put a shunt in your arm so that you can go down to the old COVID vaccination station every couple of months and have them pump you back full of whatever that is, right? Which, which is apparently nowhere near as effective as we were initially being told, or it's, it is as effective as we were initially being told but no one wants to admit that because they can continue to control people by telling them they need a booster. Who knows what the truth is, right? I mean, either of those two things are just crazy, right? So either what you told us about the efficacy of the vaccine was total nonsense, or what you're telling us now is total nonsense, but you can't have both, right? So you either have to do that, or you have to prove that you have the antibodies. We can only get the antibodies by having the disease, right? If you don't get the vaccine, the only other way to get the antibodies is by having the disease. And so it frankly makes sense for people to go to these parties. If their choice is between taking a vaccine that you're now telling them doesn't work or getting the antibodies by getting the disease. And oh, by the way, for the vast majority of people, you have to be tested to even know you have the disease. So sure, for a certain percentage of the population, the COVID infection is going to be devastating, perhaps to the point of death. But for the vast majority of people, it's not. And so if, you, if you're staring down the barrel of a government policy that says, well, you can't work, okay, so you can't make a living, you can't, can't take care of your family, or you can get this disease because guess what? The vaccine doesn't work. Then you're going to get the disease. You're going to roll that dice. I mean, even if it has a mortality rate of 2%, which it doesn't, you have a 98% chance of that disease not killing you. And you have a 100% chance of not being able to maintain your job based on some of these government policies. So what are you going to do? I mean, I, I, it sounds crazy, but it actually makes sense that people would be having these parties because what are they going to do? Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. And especially when you've got uh, people that are desperate and that's, I think that's what you have here. You get sort of a, a, a big conflict between people who are desperate and so many mixed messages coming out of governments about the efficacy of the vaccines and about the uh, usefulness and duration of the antibodies as opposed to the um, immunity uh, from the vaccines. So I, I, I mean, look, I, I think it, it, uh, it is a clear problem. We're seeing protests across the globe now against government uh, mandated uh, lockdowns and, and uh, vaccine requirements, et cetera. So it's, it's a slippery slope and I, I, I just don't think it's gonna get better, especially with the numbers 
where they are. Um, well, let's see, Brad. Next, we've got uh, a couple of updates on recent uh, issues that we have covered very closely. Uh, the first is the toad venom phenomena. Have you tried some since our, our big Mike Tyson piece uh, hit? You know what I meant to, buddy? I honestly meant to, but then I had the big turkey dinner. I, 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 I'm having my, a hard time keeping my eyes open. The toads are hard to catch. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but they're small and they're quick. And I, you know, between the tryptophan and the quick toads and, you know, being on the air here, I, I, you know, to just make a long story short, I haven't gotten there. I just haven't gotten there. Well, some other folks have come forward and talked about the value of um, uh, toad venom, which is considered the most powerful psychedelic uh, drug on the planet. Um, uh, Home garden TV celebrity, Christina Hack, who I believe is a um, home garden celebrity, um, has given uh, talks about the value of toad venom. And she basically said that it helped with her mental outlook. Uh, And then the rock of Joe Biden's life, Hunter Biden, he wrote uh, in in his recent autobiography, um, Beautiful Things, uh, quote, I know it sounds loopy, Yet, uh, whatever else I did or didn't do, the experience with toad venom unlocked feelings and hurts I buried deep for too long. It served as a salve and allowed me to move on with my life. So there it is. Hunter Biden, again, son of presidents, have taken toad venom in addition to the champ, uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, Next, Brad, an update on DART. I know you've been on the edge of your seat, even though you've been asleep half the time. Uh, DART, the double asteroid redirection test nasa is spending i think it's twenty five thousand dollars uh to conduct this test and uh again this is a uh, the concept is you launch a dart droid into space um Mm. and it's launching uh it launched this past week aboard a spacex rocket from california and uh, it's going to cruise for about 10 months into um, a binary asteroid system where it will encounter this large uh, uh, asteroid, Dimorphos, um, which it will try to redirect from careening directly into Earth, similar to the tree that fell on my property and damaged my fence line, uh, Hank and Cheryl. But uh, the plan is to go redirect. And then in the future, if this happens again, do it again, right? You see the movie Armageddon. This is exactly it without the, the, the whole Aerosmith soundtrack. But that's what they're doing here, Brad. That, that's what they're doing. Well, the lack of the Aerosmith soundtrack is unfortunate, right? Because if you're going to redirect you know, bodies in space, you need a soundtrack for that, right? You need to stay focused. You need to stay pumped up. And Aerosmith is a great band for that. So I, I think the lack of the soundtrack is going to be problematic in the overall outcome. I do think there is an outcome, however, which is beneficial for you, which is where the vast majority of the asteroid does get deflected in such a way that it avoids slamming into old planet Earth here, but maybe a little piece of it, buddy. Some would call it a chunk. Some would call it a slice. I don't know. I'm not an astrophysicist, but maybe a little piece of it comes hurtling down and blows that tree right off your fence and you know, just- maybe into Hank and Cheryl's house. I don't know. See, I mean, asteroids can be your friend. A lot of people have said that over the years. 
That's true. I mean, Same. Thomas Jefferson himself, as I think was the first person that said that, but didn't keep him in Gracie Mansion, did it? No, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. But they could be friendly or or, or mean. Well, I mean, we're, we're going to find out. Uh, finally, Brad Barter banned uh, Bronze Stevie Award winning uh, 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 segment here on the Big IP Frequently show. Uh, Brad Barter banned GoFundMe fraudsters. Uh, recently, a New Jersey couple was um, uh, arrested and ultimately pled guilty to um, using GoFundMe to raise nearly half a million dollars for a homeless veteran to um, basically get him off the streets, only to take every last dime of that uh, uh, 400 plus thousand dollars and spend it on themselves. So Brad, the question is, should we bar or ban GoFundMe from allowing people to basically quote unquote fundraise for third parties and then steal the proceeds. I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb here of that tree that has fallen in my yard and done tens of thousands of dollars of damage um, and say it should be barred, but I should still be able to do a GoFundMe to remove that tree. Well, maybe buddy. And you know, the upside for you is that you're not really endangering yourself by getting out on that limb because it's on the ground. You can just walk out and stand on it and simultaneously be out on a limb and safe, which normally you can't be, but when the tree has fallen down from someone else's yard and into your yard and you can just go stand on a branch, well, then you can do that. And, and obviously, buddy, to piggyback on you, yes, being a fraudster really of any sort should be barred and banned, but if you are the kind of douche that can raise almost half a million dollars and say it's for a homeless veteran and then spend it on yourself, not only should you be barred or banned, but you should also be beaten which is our third B, which doesn't get nearly the press as the top two Bs, but in certain circumstances is the appropriate response. And it certainly is the appropriate response here. And it's really too bad because GoFundMe is a kind of a cool use of technology to allow people to get involved in business ventures or philanthropic work as the case may be. But as has always been the case, especially when one is on the internet, internet, interwebs, whatever the case may be, caveat emptor, my friend, which I believe is Portuguese for look out for douchebags. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. I like it. I like the third prong of the barred band or beaten. If only Brad, we knew of like an honorary ninth degree uh, Taekwondo black belt with a chip on his shoulder who would just like to pummel this person. If only we knew of such a man, like Hong Kong Fui. Correct. Correct. I mean, you, you could either go with Hong Kong Fui, who was a dog, obviously, or you could go with the guy who's got an honorary ninth degree black belt, a chip on his shoulder and a hell of a wig on his head. That's right. That's right. Well, Brad, I tell you what, it's been another uh, lovely journey. We've uh, survived another great Thanksgiving. We have a lot of folks here who want to talk to Brad. They want to touch him. They want to cuddle up to him as he's signing their patents and various other body parts. Um, but uh, all in all, my friend, I'd say another successful week. We made it through, my, my friend. We're heading into Christmas. I'm excited about that. Hopefully we're heading away from some of this jackassery and things that are just, you know, flat out depressing as, you know, I hope a little spirit of Christmas can imbue this country once again. And we'll find out when we come back one week from now here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.